Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I'm your host, Ryan Gerard, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Rick Grunewald. Rick, how are we doing? Uh, we're doing pretty well today, Ryan. Uh, you know, just uh, same old, same old, hanging out, watching uh, some serious snow come down outside right now in Wisconsin. We're currently getting hit by a storm. Uh, but yeah, we're, uh, we're holding tight and just uh, staying inside. What about you, man? How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I had like three vaccines given to me this week. So I am just coming out of recovery from getting th- three vaccines. It, the last two days were like miserable. You, you just, you messaged but, me yesterday that it felt like somebody broke your arm. Does it yeah. still feel like your arm is broken? No, it feels like my arm still hurts. Like it feels like someone like Charlie horsed my arm, but it, it's, it's not bad. Like the last two days I couldn't even lift my arm. It hurt so bad. And like the first Oof. night, the, the first night I woke up in the middle of the night and it felt like my arm was broken. Like that's how much pain I was in. So it was miserable. And last night, it's so like last night I woke up at like midnight and literally just a pool of sweat. Oh man. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie. When you texted me that I was, I was a little concerned. I've had, you know, a couple of vaccines over the last couple of years, um, you know, just kind of like the normal boosters, but nothing nothing quite felt like the way that you were describing it so it's good to hear that you're uh you're feeling a little bit better and not not so uh, knocked out anymore yeah yeah i mean part of it might have been because it's been like 15 years since i've gotten one so it could just be that i my body's just not used to it but who knows i'm feeling a lot better now i actually got my first workout in since monday today uh so i feel much better i'm all vaccinated now so that's good not, yeah. not COVID, not COVID. I had to get a few different boosters, but yeah. So well, that's how my week's been going. I got a good workout in. Still sticking to the less is more ideology. Less is more. So, yep. So I actually took, uh, I think my workout today was like six by four minutes at just above FTP. It was kind of like, I, it was hard, but at the end of the workout, I kind of felt like I could do more. And it it was kind of weird because I'm so used to, like getting off the bike feeling completely obliterated that it's a, it's almost weird getting off the bike feeling like I think I could have done more, but I'm glad I didn't because I'm saving it for my next workout. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned the, uh, the less is more concept. We kind of talked about that a little bit on our podcast last week. And it's funny cause I keep stumbling across, uh, another great podcast, the trainer road podcast. They do a second podcast called something like the successful athlete podcast where they talk to a bunch of athletes. And it's interesting cause you know, kind of timely as well. Cause we were talking about, you know, Oh, you don't, you know, you can do kind of just a minimal amount and you can either maintain or you can get a little bit better. And they actually did like a bunch of interviews with people that were doing kind of a lower volume plan. And when they say low volume, they mean like three to five hours a week, which is pretty darn low. And yeah. we're finding that like, yeah, for some people, man, it's uh, it's just a, a good way to train, especially, uh, you know, if you're, I think it's kind of like two, there's two different people that that could work really well for people that have like a really stressful life and people that have like just a lot going on and you know, when they're training that low or that, that little amount of training, what they're doing kind of amongst their busy life is they're making sure that at least their body can absorb those three hours fully rather than trying to push to like six, seven, eight hours, which, you know, they could theoretically maybe do, but they're giving up sleep. They're giving up all these other things they need to, uh, to really recover. And then the other type of person too, I think is somebody that has kind of had like a history of overdoing it. 
And I think I, I would some I would kind of put myself into that category. Like there's been a couple of years where I've just like kind of overdone it in the off season and just gone a little try to do a little too much. And personally, I find that, you know, like when I dropped my volume considerably lower, um, I was, you know, just a lot faster, a lot more fit, feeling better. And I think that's really important too, just like feeling good. Yeah. Being able to know that you can at least get on the bike and have the thought like, yeah, I could finish this next workout is kind of like a hard idea to grasp when you feel like you should go all out every single workout and then it catches up with you. Yeah. I was actually reading a post on the triathlon subreddit yesterday. Oh man. And someone, uh, you know, people ask these kind of questions all the time. And it was like, how much do I have to train in order to podium at a race? And people were throwing out, like, you have to train 15 to 20 hours if you want a podium. You know, I did this, this, and this is my normal training week of like 10 hours biking, five hours running, two to three hours swimming every week. And what, what they don't tell you is that is probably a week they've done once in their life and never have been able to duplicate. So, yeah, and also too, I think the people, and there there are a couple people I've known that there um, are people that have like full time jobs. Yeah, no, they can do that. But the, I'll tell you what, I think the one thing that those people have in common is they really like that big load. Mm-hmm. Like if they're not doing that big load, they like, you know, they're like not having fun. Like they love to just do like twenty hour weeks. And like you know, hats off. I think that's what keeps people motivated is like just the thought of continuing on that big load of training, seeing all their fitness metrics go up. Um, but if you're somebody that like kind of struggles to like get in the average man, that amount of time, the, the average we'll, person we'll who's say, like trying to stretch it, we'll say like, you know, we'll call it 50 or 60% of, you know, racers categories mm. one through five, probably more that it's probably more like 75% to 80% of categories one through five cannot do that. I would say, you know, a lot of people could do 10 hours a week. And I think even at 10 hours a week, you have to give stuff up. And then I think seven to eight, sure. eight hours a week is a good sweet spot for most people. And then time constrained, like five hours, you know, it, I think, yeah, pe- no, I, takes, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It takes less than people think to, to gain fitness, especially if all you're doing is crits, you know, I don't necessarily think doing a five hour ride every weekend is necessary for a crit race, especially if you know, you're racing cat three. If you're racing cat one, like a little, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Like those rides are very beneficial, but even still there's plenty of pros that will tell you, like, I only train seven to nine hours a week and it's just all, it's, it's mostly high intensity, high quality stuff. Uh, we were just talking about the trainer road podcast on their, their uh, second podcast. They just had a guy on who had a five watt per kilogram doing their low volume plan. His strategy was those three workouts a week that are on the plan, I know I can get those three done. And then when I know I can finish all three of those, if I feel good, I'll add on more, but it's going to be low intensity. Yeah, that's a good way to go about it. You have like a baseline and you kind of like add or subtract based on that baseline. You know? Yeah, I mean? and I feel like a lot of people miss that. 
And I feel like we all as a community community need to dial it back, give better advice to people, not just tell them like, oh, you got to go out and do, you know, 15 hours. It's required. But I think uh, I, I think you got to nor- we got to normalize, you know, how people will like hype up a five hour ride and they'll be like, look at like the power that I did this ride and look at like the TSS. We got to start we got to start normalizing, hyping up super rest days. Dude, like I want to see people post about like, yeah, on the couch this uh, this Monday, man. No, no bike in sight. I'm, I'm eating pizza and possibly drinking some beer or chocolate milk. That's what I want to see. That's what yeah, we need to normalize. normalize showing how much you can gain by doing the least amount possible. What is it? Actually, Trainer Road always says uh, the minimal, um, I don't know. It was like, it's like the minimal amount to gain fitness. I think that's what people need to normalize and, and brag about. I did five hours a week for the last three months and I gain, I'm 4.5 watts per kilogram, that kind of stuff. You know, I actually been, yeah, I actually, I'm going to say I have been doing about three and a half hours on the bike a week because of the triathlon plan. And I'm over, I'm about 4.6 watts per kilogram. Yeah, I was, uh, I was doing, uh, I haven't had my bike for a little while. Side story, had to get a tune up, ended up needing some parts. Very hard to get bike parts right now. Beside the point, uh, didn't have my bike for a little while. And, um, yeah, I ended up not having my bike for like two weeks. But before that I was just, I was training about three hours a week. Um, and then I was working in some weightlifting as well too. So that definitely helped, but man, it was like the the best I'd felt in a long time. And I was just seeing some really good rides. You had a hour race on Zwift that I think you averaged like 4.2 Watts per kilogram, which yeah. is yeah. incredible. Actually, I think it was, it might, it might, yeah, for, and again, it's, it's like, you're doing uh, like three rides a week. I, I was like, kind of, I was kind of blown away. I was like, I'm not, I've, I've had seasons where I've done like three times as much riding and a lot of intervals and, mostly just doing a lot of Zwift racing and e-racing and just keeping it fun and working in some good weightlifting. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's proof in the pudding if I, if I can say so myself, but Ryan, we've been kind of talking a lot about a topic that we had talked sure. about last week yeah. too. So I don't oh, want to yeah, drag yeah. it out too long, but a topic that I wanted to throw out because it's in February, it's February now. So we're getting pretty close to spring. I consider March basically spring. If you're in the Midwest, eh, it's probably going to be winter. It's but winter until June. I want to get... That's that's why yeah, I realized yeah. every single year we're like two weeks away from Toad, and I'm like, it's still 40 degrees out. It it always happens, yeah. and for some reason, Toad is always like the first week of summer where it's like 90 degrees. In in 2019 at Toad, we were wearing jackets the first weekend, and then by the second weekend, it was 90 degrees. Yeah, it's not summer until June in Wisconsin. Hundred percent agree. But speaking of Toad, summer racing. It, I can taste it. It's getting it's getting to be right around the corner. What are some of the things that you are really excited about this year? Whether it's uh, specific races, I guess, yeah, like what specific races? Uh, are you going to try any kind of new types of racing this summer? Oh, I'm only I mean, doing I new know, types of racing, actually. That's true, I, yeah, and so I'll, I'll let you get into that. I'm not going to be doing any of Toad this year. I know it's it's really disappointing. Any? any, any? I'm not going to be doing any. Uh, I, oh, man. So I, I for sure will be there cheering everyone on you know i'm very excited for that but actually racing uh i have a i would call it a second a race or a high rated b race that weekend as well i'm doing the Mm. and i'm hoping that they actually have the race but the high cliff half iron man i'm gonna be targeting before doing another half iron man in 
September, the Madison Half Ironman. The High Cliff one is more of a regional one. It's like a local Half Ironman. So, you know, there's not as many people. It's not as big of an event, but it's still really cool, really good su- support. Um, a lot less like high-end talent. So I'm hoping to take a like a top 10 there. And it'll also give me an idea of like, where am I at with this? You know, I, I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to go pretty hard, but I want to go into it knowing I'm not going to do a hundred percent. And it's going to be a focus on what, where am I going to get that shock of like, whoa, I was not expecting this. I know. Anna said, I can't race at a hundred percent at less than a hundred percent, but I know, yeah, uh, I know that during the swim, you know, as much as I swim right now, I know there's going to be like a, oh my gosh, what's going on moment that you kind of got to work your mind through, I think. And then also too, the, what, what, how's my body going to respond after the swim and then a 56 mile bike to then running for a half marathon? You know, I can do all the running I, I want right now, but until I get into a race scenario, I don't think I'll truly understand where my body's at. You know, I, I mean, think... like, I mean, like right now I could go out and do a half marathon. Absolutely. No problem. Like, uh, so that, that's a high cliff. So that's, did you, yeah. did you say the other one that you were doing yet? Did, I, I uh, the that. Madison half Madison. Ironman, which is like my A event of the year. So my hope Ryan, September. is that you have a great race at high cliff. And I I'm obviously going to watch the, uh, the Madison half Ironman, but I'm just kind of hoping that you like kind of fall apart on the second half of the run. And then I can just kind of, <laughs> I can just kind of jog next to you really slow and be like, okay, buddy, like we'll bring it in. All right. All right. Maybe, maybe give you some, some goose or some gels, uh, you know, massage <laughs> those legs in mid course. Um, kidding. Of course, I hope you have a good race at both of them, but I think that'd be kind of funny just to jog in at like, you know, two miles an hour. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate the fact that you would be right by my side be, if I, I completely be, bonked. I'd be absolutely right by your side. I will have a backpack for you with Coke and potato chips and anything that you might need when you bonk. If you bonk. You know what's funny? Yeah, big if, right? You know what's crazy is I was watching a Lionel Sanders YouTube video when he bonked really hard in, uh, I think it was the last Ironman race or the one before that. It was either 2018 or 2019. Um, he did not get like any fluids in like after like the halfway point of the bike. And then I believe he missed like the first fluid station in the run. So he had gone like two hours in Kona without any kind of fluid. Insane. And he's just like, I went down, like his body just crumbled and he's like, you know, it's, it's so disrespectful. He, I, I like this ideology it's it's so disrespectful to all your other competitors and the winner to not at least walk across the finish line because they deserve the fact that they they feel like I dialed it in, I nailed my nutrition, I nailed all these different aspects because this that is part of the race. That he finished the race and he's like I was walking and jogging. Still does a seven thirty ha- uh seven thirty full Ironman and he's like I was walking and jogging. Yeah, that's a uh, well. I think you mean eight thirty. 7:30? No, it was like a 7:30. Oh yeah, and he considered that like a like a oh walk job. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that's a good perspective to have, dude. You know, like finish it out if you can. Yeah, but so that's your. I've had races. I remember doing wars races where uh, it. I wanted to stop so bad. There was two in particular where 
the one of them I felt sick the entire race, and then the other one it was like ninety five degrees out and like a ton of climbing, Ooh. and I was just like, you know, I drove all the way out here, and I'm not, and I'm not gonna because there was one where Anna drove with me. It was like two and a half okay. hours. I was like, we drove all the way out here. I'm not gonna quit. Yeah, after out. driving two and a half hours here, and also too, I was like, there will be other people that quit, and every single person that quits, that's one more place. That's I'm true. On. Yeah. So I was like, let's just get to the finish. Yeah, you line. always look at those. You always look at the result sheets, right? And no matter what, I feel like every race always has a couple people that are DNF for whatever reason. They crash. They they have a mechanical. And anytime I'm really struggling at a race, I always think like, man, if I just cross the finish line, I beat five people that had DNF. So like you got to use little things like that just to motivate you to finish sometimes when it's super, super tough. But Ryan, we kind of talked about like, so that's your, that's your spring. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just saying that. What what are you excited about? Well, before we go to me, that's your spring. That's your summer. That's kind of like the, the time where those two events fall into. Have you even thought beyond that? Yeah. I don't know if you're like me. I, I like to think basically through November of what races that I'm considering doing. But are you looking at anything in the fall after, after the tries? Are you going to mix it up with some some different types of racing, mountain biking, road biking? You know, if they have if they have uh, cyclocross um, or if there's still like some mountain biking going on afterwards, I am totally down to do some of that. You know, I think that's some fun off-season training. Yeah, and then you'll have plenty of time to, you know, give yourself a little bit of time to recover after yeah. the uh, the Madison uh, half. But then, you know, you'll have, like, kind of late summer yeah. and, and fall to, like, just different stuff, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, what about you? What are you What are you targeting yeah. this year? You've talked a lot about doing the War Series this year. Because it doesn't seem like there might be, there might not be a you road know, season. I, besides yeah, I don't I don't know, man. It's hard to put anything on the calendar really i think safe bet for any events would be possibly june i'm looking actually right now at the usa crits calendar and their calendar basically begins in june um but in in regards to like the cycling calendar for the midwest um the wisconsin cycling association they never put a calendar out so they they've got nothing nothing i guess to plan for really um the wisconsin off-road mountain bike series they did put a calendar out I think I'm going to try to do a lot of mountain biking, mountain bike racing. I think that that's probably more sure. likely to happen than a lot of the road racing. And then of course, you know, you've mm-hmm. got tour of America's Dairyland that's on the calendar. So kudos to them for like putting that out and kind of getting everybody psyched for, for the 2021, because obviously 2020 got canceled. Um, that's kind of the farthest I've thought, you know, um, intelligentsia cup is always a really fun series to do um gateway cup is kind of on my mind too i guess we'll just kind of have to see how the how the year progresses uh you know we've kind of done a lot of these races that i'm talking about though the war stuff would be kind of new for me but you know i'm in a bit of a unique situation right now where i'm, I'm currently working from home which gives me actually a lot of flexibility in in regards to like working you know, at a, at a remote location. And it's got me thinking, maybe I want to make it to some more of these USA crits races that are kind of on my bucket list. I've got like a, I don't know if you do Ryan, but I have kind of a bucket list of races that I've always wanted to do. And, uh, races like, um, snake alley in Iowa, uh, Tulsa tough is definitely a big one. Um, even some races that are, um, you know, usually earlier in the, but now later in the year because of COVID like Athens twilight is in August um maybe go down for that i don't know who knows man that's kind of that's kind of where my head's at though it's a, it's a good opportunity to potentially track these races that 
for the for a normal year I wouldn't be able to go to. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. But again, we'll, we'll have to see, man. Um, it's, it's like months ahead, so and it's hard to plan for anything right now. I'm just hoping if we have any racing happen at all, I would be so, super stoked. Yeah, I agree. Which which kind of makes it kind of disappointing, I guess, that th- there might not be any like local racing. Um, I I'm hoping that because you know, the the relationship Project Echelon has with RGT, maybe there will be some local racing through RGT. Oh, yeah, through the, um, through like the, the WCA and, races or Midwest races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if uh, if it's okay, we can transition to to that because RGT just had a big update, a update that we are, we've been talking about quite a bit recently. Yeah. And it has added actually quite a bit of features that we have been kind of looking for out of RGT. Uh, I think it's great that the Project Echelon race series has been using them because I think it took that very competitive aspect to kind of pinpoint different aspects of RGT that could be improved upon. Uh, one being the the cornering and the drafting. Uh, well, this most current update made changes to the draft so that the front of the race gets a significant amount less of draft of draft or like more Mm -hmm. wind so they said it's easier to get into a breakaway and it's easier to catch back on if you are slightly off the back where before it was like once you're off the back that that was always my huge um like issue racing was i thought the cornering before was actually wasn't my main gripe it was always just like getting yo-yoed off like and trying to um you know kind of like tail gun into corners it felt like you just had too much resistance so it's cool to see that they fixed that that's really good i'm actually i'm in um there's like a discord channel for some rgt users that i don't really participate in too much but i kind of just look and see what's all on and it's it's cool because there's definitely a lot of uh, feedback from users and it seems like the team at RGT definitely takes that feedback into consideration when they're rolling out and prioritizing what they want to make or what they want to uh, bring up in these updates so that's super cool I'm, I'm excited to jump back on mm-hmm. and test it out and, and see what it's like because I did get my bike back today so I'm going to be back uh, back riding oh that's awesome yeah and then the cornering they've increased the speed of cornering so kind of what we've been saying is like don't slow down so hard through corners and hopefully that allows that outside line to also maintain yeah. speed more. I, th- I think they could really increase corner speed by like quite a bit, but so we'll see. We'll see. Um, next week is a pro- project echelon race and I plan on doing that to, if anything to experience these new physics. And I think it's great that, you know, they do take this pretty seriously, the physics, um, I hope that they continue to improve it. They've actually put a statement saying that they have another large update that they've been working on that's going to come out before June. That's pretty far away, but you know who knows? Maybe it'll completely change how everything works. Uh, they also updated that they have gone to cloud physics, which for those who are not familiar with how video games work, uh, you process the game. Like if you have a video game console like an Xbox, the game is processed on your Xbox and then sends signals to a server about what you are currently doing. 
So if you have like a bad internet connection, that's where you experience lag. Uh, what's going on in your screen is not what's going on in other people's screen. So it shifts you around to try to make up for that lost time. So now what the this cloud physics does is that everyone essentially connects to one server in the cloud and the game is run on that one server and every client is running off this single server. So everything is processed in one single source rather than 50 different sources that all could have different things going on based on their internet. Condition. Yeah, that's uh that might have been a little bit too for, techy. For everybody for everybody that's not that following sense. essentially what it uh what Ryan's trying to use or what Ryan's trying to describe uh in a technical sense is that they're trying to centralize the data to make sure that the gameplay or the racing happens on uh, on the same level for everybody. So nobody's nobody's experiencing lag. Um it's kind of an even playing field. Am I correct? Exactly, exactly. So everything is done in one central location rather than it being done on every single person's computer. Some people have really bad computers, some people have really bad internet connection. That all can affect what you see yeah, and, and what others see. If you've ever see. played uh, any games like Call of Duty or shooters like that online and you know you're uh, you're trying to shoot something and they're just like lagging and you uh, you know you're you're not making contact. It's, it can be a very frustrating experience and you know, especially when, you know, if you're racing, you can't race uh, every day. Well, some people try to. So, you know, you're kind of using your days at a, at a very uh, uh, select in a very selective way, right? When you're planning on racing. So if you have kind of like a bad race or the connection drops, it's a huge bummer because you essentially, uh, you got to like kind of figure out your week now. It's like, oh, do I race tomorrow? Do I try to pick up another race? Um, so it's cool that they really take that into consideration because I think that's super important. Like, that's the number one number one uh, uh, way that people have a good experience is if they have good connection to the actual gameplay. Yeah, and if anyone's wondering, Zwift does not do this. Zwift does it how every other video game does it, where it runs on your local computer or phone and then sends signals to their central server. A lot of people are probably wondering, why doesn't every game do this? It's really expensive to do, I believe. It's a lot more like maintenance intent intensive. Like if one thing goes wrong with that central server, like everything's like and with R done. so it makes more sense too that so, RGT is is investing more money in this because as yeah. we've described in the past, RGT is the uh, the sim the simulation of uh, the sim of yeah which makes sense bike racing. So they've got to have you know the, mm -hmm. the most accurate experience. As opposed to Zwift, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I'll just be like riding along in a race and then everything will disappear off my screen and then reappear as if it's trying to kind of like reset the connection between all the riders. Uh, it happens quite often to me, actually, but I'm on an older iPad, so that might be why. I was going to say, I don't have that issue because I, actually, I have my gaming computer that's connected to like gigabit internet. So, so no connection issues my... for you? No connection issues nice. for Ryan. But I do see other like avatars every now and then an avatar will like disappear. And then like five yeah. seconds later, they reappear. That would be their game. So I'm probably opinion. just like disappearing and reappearing constantly on Glyft. You might, you, yeah, you might be one of those people That's that disappear. That's why I'm just so reappear. good at Swift racing is because I just appear up randomly. Let's like yeah. appear off the front and I'm just going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also too, so if that does happen to you on Swift, 
Zwift will calculate where your avatar would have been if you were still there. In RGT, say your internet connection stops, your your avatar will just stop. Zero watts. Um, that is, I forget what it's called, but it's an algorithm that predicts what you're going to do. And it actually does that while the game is going. It actually predicts what every single avatar is doing on their on the, their local computer and predicts what they're going to do in the next second. I don't know, kind of interesting. That's a little bit more like video game tech yeah, stuff. Cycling is cycling is a video that's game the difference. Now. It's the difference cycling between Zwift and RGT. Game. Yeah, yeah, it's the difference between Zwift and RGT. You know, um, but but yeah, I think I mean I think that's cool. I mean, like you said, I mean they're going for the simulation game. You know, uh, if they're going to go for the simulation, I mean physics and connection are. The main Absolutely. two things, right? You got to do it at 100%. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, I won't bog you down with any more tech stuff. Uh, what else, Rick? Uh, well, I you think have? that's pretty much all I have for this episode, Ryan. Just a, a little bit of hype for the, the new season that's coming uh, with racing, you know, vaguely right around the corner. And uh... oh, one thing to add to that. So you're going to be racing wars. You've never done I've a mountain done, bike race. Uh, one, one mountain bike race. It was it was an endurance race, one. and I did it with which you. Which is which is kind of funny because you are like you're like the mountain yeah, bike guy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, well, I got into cycling. So I backstory. I I raced uh, motocross for most of my like until I was about nineteen, and then I kind of got into mountain biking like in college. And I was into, I went with a couple trip or a couple friends on a trip to uh, Colorado to do downhill mountain biking. And I actually ended up um, just really eating it and breaking my back. Uh, so it kind of like, uh, you know, I just wanted to like chill out for a couple of years. And in those years, I, I kind of found road cycling. So I was, re- I was like super into road cycling. So I was just all about that. And then eventually I kind of got the bug again to get a mountain bike. So that's when I got a mountain bike, broke my wrist in the season that I got a mountain bike again, took a couple of years off again, and now I'm back on a mountain bike. So yeah, it is a very weird roundabout way uh, that I've really never done a mountain bike race before. Are you excited? What uh, category so, are you I going to race? I am a cat three of three. So like for mountain biking, it's a little sure one, two, and three. And then with cat two, there's usually a sport and comp, but um because yeah. I've never done a mountain bike race, I'm a cat three. I don't think it's probably fair not to toot my own horn that I start in cat three because I'm a pretty good mountain biker skills wise. And I've got, you know, probably better fitness than that category really uh, would entail. So I'm going to probably start in the, the cat two cat. See how I do there. And uh, yeah, hopefully move up from there. But I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I uh, I don't know why it's really taking me so long to do a mountain bike race, like a legit Olympic cross-country mountain bike race so i am super excited yeah this was this is what i would do if i were you is do the full season this year in cat 2 comp you'll honestly you will probably dominate the field you know i was not that great of a mountain biker and i could take a top five in every race i feel like i don't want to so if i'm like if i'm doing really well though i'd, I'd want to like not stay there if i'm like killing people it's like i'm a big yeah and you got to do it do a few races. Do a few races. I will say the best comp rider is a back of the pack cat one hmm. rider. It's a it's a big step to cat sure. one, especially the distance. You know, you're doing 
you know, I think it's like seven to 10 miles more than comp and it's faster. It's a lot faster. Yeah. I remember you would describe, cause, cause you know, you were, you had just upgraded. So you're kind of like mid to the back of the pack in the cat one races. And you were saying that you would end up doing like, it would end up being like a two hour, sometimes two hour plus race for you. Two and a half. Yeah. I've done a two and a half hour yes. race for, for Olympic style. That is, that is absolutely brutal. Yeah. Minimum you should expect to do about a two hour race. Uh, the, the fast guys who win the race will do an hour 45, an hour 50. Jeez, yeah. That's, that's quite a difference. It's a, it's a long race compared to like the, like an hour and a half comp race, you know, doing an extra half hour, 45 yeah, minutes. And in Wisconsin, we've got a really good series and there's some very, very fast guys that race the entire series. Um, at least for a while, it was the largest yeah. series, amateur series in the United States by, by, uh, I think it's still, I believe it's still. Yeah, I believe it's still the largest, but we've been getting a lot of people from Minnesota and Illinois going to every race. So like the top 20 now, which are is crazy wild fast. to me because some, like, like that is all yeah. drive, dude. That is, you know, for, for most races, probably five hours. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. competition will be stiff. I'm expecting it, but I'm, I'm super excited to try it. And, you know, it's kind of in the spirit of bike race weekly who, you know, we're all about, you know, trying different types of racing. That is, you know, a completely new type of racing for me. So I'm, I'm just excited to uh, keep the bike racing going and keep mixing it up. Absolutely. All right. Uh, that'll be it then. Follow us on social media, Bike Race Weekly. We've been tweeting and Instagramming more. Uh, that's exciting stuff. So check cool. us out there. All right. Well, I think... Uh... With that, we'll uh, wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time.